disappointing, as the song suggests. Disappointing. Um, it's a very mixed bag. Like I, I, I mean, in any any year where the leading nominees are Roma and The Favorite, I mean, let's not be too spoiled about this. That's pretty awesome. Those are my one two this year. The exactly. favorite Roma match my one two this year. Yeah. yeah, and and you know the fact that, that those are not traditionally Oscar bait kind of movies. Like somebody was saying how shocking it was when Dogtooth made it onto the foreign language list. And if you thought that like, you know, what, not that many years later, Yorgos Lantimos would have one of the most nominated films of the year. Like nobody would have seen that coming. And a best director nomination. Exactly. But yes, of course, tons of individual disappointments. Hello and welcome to Mark as Play, the movie podcast on movie podcasts. I'm your host, Michael Deniston. Joining me later on is Andrew Pierce of The Curb. But for now, what you just heard was our selected podcast for this episode, Breakfast All Day. On this week's chosen theme, the simple fact that no one is happy just to be nominated, especially Oscar viewers. We will get into this strange bit of discontent among cinephiles and, of course, come to no conclusion other than our own discontent. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mark Has Played. Let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah, cool. No worries. I gave my uh, side note for some reason, um, even though I've just said we're recording. I gave my cat a uh, dog treat before, uh, and he was running around like a fucking maniac, like it was the best thing he's ever had in the world. Um, it was quite entertaining, to say the least. Uh, I appreciate making that. A lot of noise. <laughs> like, I've had um, Brody, who's underneath me and will probably start snoring soon, um, as soon as we actually get into it, just so he can be heard on the show. Um, I've had a couple instances where I've tried to change his diet, and he's, like, going on, like, hunger strike, where it's, like, <laughs> he, like, makes a point of, like eating less i guess to show me like mm, don't really care for that like you <laughs> fucked up there uh but i appreciate it since you know they don't they don't speak our language uh they do what they yeah. can yeah exactly um all right well let's jump into this thing then uh and i i think i think my uh i'm, I'm gonna drag my podcast in straight away because it's a perfect jumping off point um which I is it's good i mean because they definitely need to listen to us so 10 seconds in be like here's something <laughs> else do that instead. <laughs> These guys are talking about fucking cat treats and shit like that. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, breakfast all day, which is this new podcast. That's the one I picked this <laughs> week too. <laughs> so people, we've only got one show for you this week. This will have to be the episode where I finally... Name check ourselves and top of the show. It's going to be our Golden Globes discussion and Marcus played on Marcus played. There you go. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So I assume that the segment that you're going to pull out as well as the part where Alonzo Doralde says that it's basically just a fun party game to not take too seriously. And that is the most um, vital thing to keep in mind about this particular uh, thing. Uh, the, the Academy Award nominations, um, which I know that, um, when you have what sexual assault, uh, you know, from directors behind two uh, best picture nominated films, Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book, it's a little hard to uh, pepper in the fun and to not take it too seriously. But 
uh, do that uh, is my suggestion. Don't take it too seriously. I don't think I don't think that worked. <laughs> As you were like winding down, I, I I'm like, oh, there goes the fun. I was like, okay, yeah, sexual assault. All right, joy. Um, yeah, we have to we have to throw in the allegedly thing, and we also like. Here's my thing with this. Um, with the, and we but this the, show doesn't have legal fees. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, uh, I guess I'll go to a darker place since you took us there. Um, <laughs> I think you know as time goes on, you know your your heroes are gonna gonna become villains, and like you know Louis C.K. was seen as a progressive comic to a certain extent uh, until he wasn't for and for obvious <laughs> for obvious reasons. So I am waiting for the day, and I, I mean maybe it's already happened and it's just not turned into like a tweet storm about it. But God help us if one of these other nominees. I hope not. Hope they're all fine people and their mothers love them and all that. But you know, they they win something and then two weeks later it's like, oh no, look here are all the horrible things they've actually done. And so you do box yourself in as far as celebrating quote unquote the good sure. people and the bad people when we we don't really know them at all. Yeah, well they the uh, the immediacy of uh milkshake ducking uh is you know it's very quick uh, nowadays. So uh, everybody and anybody could be a milkshake duck that's nominated today, uh, yesterday. These terms, uh, so... man. I swear. These... <laughs> <laughs> you, do you know what a milkshake duck is? I I, I do, but I like – what was I uh... – I, I used a code switching on a recording last night and I almost felt like I had to apologize for it. Cause I'm like, all right, <laughs> here's what the kids say these days. But I'm like, I can't think of an older, wider term for this. I was like, this just encapsulates what we're talking about. <laughs> so I'm sorry, but I, I have to do it. And I, I feel bad about it. I feel dirty, but that that's where we are. Uh, all right. So the same podcast. Yeah, so same, the same podcast. I was actually going to message you earlier and say, "Hey, I listen to this. This is all I could find because nobody has been quick enough to talk about the the actual Oscar nominations." Yeah, uh, is that okay? But and we also kind of blew our wad with a couple of the big shows on our Golden Globe episode. We did, yeah. Which was yeah. featured on this very podcast as one of the selected ones that episode of Marcus <laughs> played. <laughs> um. So this one, I, I was actually trying to find one, and I couldn't, uh, that did not lament the fact that Bohemian Rhapsody or Green Book uh, were nominated. Uh, and I couldn't find one that would go on the record this quickly, because they all, all uh, lockstep, they all hate both those films. Um, I'm surprised you went with this one, because they also threw some shade at Vice, which I know you're a big fan of. Like, there was groans for that one as well. Um, yeah. Look, I, I'm a huge fan of Vice, but... Um... It's a bit like being a fan of Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody. You don't really stick your flag up all too high uh, when you're championing it, even though Vice uh, is a higher quality film than those two are. Yeah. It's just that there are a lot of people who dislike it aggressively and they come at you and it's like, okay, just settle down. You know, it's <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't agree with Dick Cheney. I want to stress that. <laughs> I just like a film about him, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. I, yeah. I liked it. Uh, that, cause one of the hosts on the, on this show, and I'm, I, I don't have the names, uh, in front of me because th this podcast breakfast all day, this is the rebirth of, uh, what, what was the, the flick? Yeah. Uh, that, that ended just recently. I think their last episode was on vice, I believe in December. So, um, 
this is this episode we're talking about is only four episodes in to this this new show, uh, rebranding as such. But you know, he said, "Hey, Vice speaks to my politics." You know, if I'm about to be, you know, there's a, often the accusation that, like, you know, and especially during the Oscar season, that you're only picking things that represent your core values, which you know, I I uh, I find really boring. <laughs> like, you know, if, if we're gonna have every year, you know, five to ten nominees, whatever the number will be that year, and they're all gonna represent a very specific uh, political ideology, it's gonna get old pretty fucking quick. Like, I mean, we're we're gonna have to eventually, you know, Transformers movie or something's gonna have to be up in there because that's you know they can't all have the same. <sighs> Sort of, like even like Black Klansman, which is one I had finally caught up with. I think the last time we mm. recorded, I had not seen it. And in our post discussion, you were sort of talking about it. And uh, man, did I not care for it! Like, just did not <laughs> like it. <laughs> I'm just like, which is fine. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I tell you what, I I've been uh, posting uh, my like sort of immediate thoughts, uh, usually very sarcastic thoughts, on uh, Letterbox as I like mark off things. And uh, when I, I check out, like, oh, or some other reviews here, the <laughs> the hat in hand, look, I'm just a white guy, and this taught me so much about <laughs> about the black experience. It's just like, I mean, there's only so many of those you can take <laughs> before, before you're like, okay, really? Because this is very specific time period, uh, specific area, specific, very specific white culture, and that these, these people. Uh, much like Twitter, love nothing more than talk about race all day, every day. Uh, I'm like, I don't, th- I don't know. That's just not the. Uh, as I was talking to a buddy last night, it's not the type of um, uh, subject matter I really want Spike Lee to be tackling now. Like this feels like when you and I were talking about this feels like a retread, and I guess unfortunately for him, it is going to be like a departed moment. I feel like yeah, it is. Like, yeah, yeah. Um. Because I, you know, having just watched Bamboozled for another podcast a few months ago, man, is there a striking, like, you talk about one that's like, okay, that is a challenging film. And this one sort of, for me, checks all the boxes of, like, we know exactly where we're supposed to stand because you're dealing with cartoon characters as villains. And some, no, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really interesting stuff. I really actually thought that if we're going to get into, like, the nominations, some of the quote-unquote, like, snubs... Um, I thought Washington should have been nominated for lead in this one, and I feel like he's I'm kind of good. Good karate skills in in that one shot. You know, he's uh he's good in that moment. See, um, see even this, I don't know how to take this because I'm just like I feel, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> he's <laughs> kind of being looked over, and he was looked over for like different categories. But Adam Driver is the the acting representative for that that film. And I thought he was he was good too. And I normally like he was actually a big hold up on me watching this because I'm like ah oh, more of this guy. Like they're forcing Adam Driver on my life. Like please stop trying to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get well, away from look, this guy. Yeah, I th- I think that I you know not a, a really a positive thing to talk about Black Klansman. I can understand people maybe have hesitated uh, voting for uh, this particular actor in the film and. Uh, him possibly being the only person that uh, would get nominated from the film. But I think that Topher Grace was the best part of Black Klansman, uh, hands uh, down. Uh. But you can't really you can't really go, all right, Black Klansman is going to get nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, and we're going to nominate the one white guy. And the one white guy happens to be the head of the KKK as well. Uh, it's not really a good representation, so we get Adam Driver instead. Um, 
But, uh, you know, know Oscar know. nominee Topher Grace would have been nice. Yeah, uh, but hasn't, he's made a career out of playing, like, a little shit, right? So it's just like he's just... I guess it's a, that ageless baby face quality to him that he's always just going to be the smirking. Like he'll play the kid in the make America great again cap with the, <laughs> <laughs> the PR firm from the Covington Catholic school that like that kid in tougher grace, not that far off. Like you know, <laughs> he can do a slight Marvel de aging. It looks just like him. Um, I must I must say that when uh, when the film came out, I do remember reading an interview with him where he did hesitate to take the role and questioned what Spike Lee saw in him that <laughs> resonated with that character. It's a good question. I'm like, that's a very good question. <laughs> I too would ask myself that question. <laughs> so I think you know, I, even I've fallen into this in this conversation where. I finally catch up with Black Klansman, and I'm like, okay, this is, I guess, sort of in that, uh, I, I, to me, it reads as if this is in the favorite spot, where it's like, these are the, the cooler picks this year of this batch of nominees. Not saying they're the most deserving or the most well-liked, what have you, but just in my, you know, looking at the landscape, it seems like that would be, for cinephile circles, those would be two of them that uh, would be seen as a victory if there could be a victory for a trophy that you yourself are not going to get or have anything to do with. And I'm, I'm also falling in that trap, like watching it after that, where I'm like, I didn't think it was very good. <laughs> I don't care for that. <laughs> I don't think it deserves that. <laughs> but <laughs> what I don't, I don't see a lot of is like, um, and like uh, hereditary, it was also a film I didn't care for. And I, yeah. I, but I also was on that like Tony Collette. If she got nominated, that was sort of a, like a sexy pick in film circles. I'd be like, well, that'd be pretty cool. I would like that. Uh, odd, odd choice of word, uh, sexy pick for um, that particular performance. But yeah, I, there's I, a lot I, of group I, nudity, yep. sir. What did you miss that part? <laughs> Those people like to party. <laughs> And that seems to be a common thing as well in uh, America um, with these kinds of horror films, with The Witch and stuff like that, where people get naked and dance around a bonfire and stuff like that. That's Is that common in your neck of the woods, um, Mike? I don't know how to answer that. Um, <laughs> like, you know, does it does it make my people look bad? I already mentioned one group of – although I, I, I think here in this great state of Kentucky, we've distanced ourselves from this, like, Kentucky students – who all come from the Cincinnati area, like a rich private school that really has nothing to do with my upbringing. Um, no, because I, I could say, yeah, that's what they do. We're a bunch of freaks here. Or I have to say, I, well, I was never invited to those parties, so I'm just a nerd. Like you've boxed me into a corner where there's no appropriate answer I can give on that. But I agree with you. I do wonder what, uh, you know, I guess like the, the Wiccans out there in the world, what they feel of that, that tropey representation that anything that's – um, got to do with some sort of witchcraft um, involves nudity. Um, I thought it was just an excuse for filmmakers just to get naked women on screen. Honestly, I think that's that's what happened there. Yeah, which comes from like the Tinto Brass era and stuff like that. But we're not going into uh, nudity on screen. Um, although it's interesting, I did see that somebody uh, posted on Twitter uh, today that uh, this is the first time that Viggo Mortensen has been nominated without showing his penis. Hmm. For a Did role he... where he doesn't show his dick. He shows yeah. uh, dick in Captain Fantastic? He does. He uh, When people come to the, the, the bus, uh, he stands there, has a conversation with them completely in the hmm. nude. 
Yeah, he's one that people are not happy with. So is this <laughs> <laughs> kind of awkward? I mean, I don't know if it's the year for, for men to just, you know, show their dicks and get nominated, but he broke the streak and now everyone hates him. I think there's yeah, a correlation I mean, there, right? That's exactly what I, happened. I think there is. Yeah, I think there is. He, you know, uh, which is odd because usually uh, men get in trouble for, for getting uh, the junk out. Um and here he is. Uh, he's getting in trouble for not getting it out, um, which is strange. Yeah, but it's a. Does is this film going to go anywhere? Is it actually going to succeed in winning anything besides best supporting actor for Mahershala Ali, uh, who stays mm. fully closed throughout the whole entire thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I and that's the one I really like. <laughs> you know, I I actually li- really like Green Book, uh, and I guess I'm rooting against. I'll just <laughs> I'm rooting against Ali here because I'm just like I I want Sam Elliott to win so much. Like I, you know, if we're if we're acknowledging Spike Lee, even people who say they love Black Klansman, I don't think anyone's saying like this tops do the right thing. Or Malcolm X, oh, like God, no. So, but nobody was saying that about The Departed. I mean, I, I think that's the best comparison for, mm-hmm. for Black Klansman. Nobody was saying that The Departed was Scorsese's best film. But that's the thing is that you know, in in regards to Sam Elliott, who I think had the perfect response to being nominated, was it's about fucking time, <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> like damn straight Sam. starting the campaign with a bang there (laughs) yeah uh you know and you know the the academy does like to reward people uh years after they've done uh good solid work you know al pacino for example for uh center for woman which obviously is not the best thing he's ever done but they decided that was the best thing that he should win for tell you what Um, though it became such an iconic role that he just decided to do that from then on like that, he's just like, he did, you yes. want me loud? I'll give you loud every time. And uh, yeah, that was like a, a bad teaching moment, bad parenting moment for the Academy to reward that particular role. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sam Elliott's just playing Sam Elliott in The Star is Born. And, mm, you know. Come on now. Well, he is because. Bradley Cooper's playing know, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's playing yeah. a man who's been stolen from and has to deal with this younger, handsome young buck out there hanging out with Lady Gaga. I totally dug his character. I got his rage, his jealousy, and just putting up with nonsense for decades and getting punched in the face for it. Uh, it's, I'll tell you what, I probably misread the movie, but I'm like, that's, that's, <laughs> who, we, that's who we should have been following around, that guy. <laughs> just that quiet disappointment he's had to live with for decades. <laughs> <laughs> look this is our, our oscar nominations talk it's all about disappointment that's <laughs> there's no joy here well that's true because paddington 2 was not nominated oh, at all <laughs> no nominations for paddington 2 but that's the thing is like you know it's one of the highest reviewed films of the year and i think i think you know, it's interesting. I find it. I find the Academy Awards in kind of like this really strange point where it's like the film fans or the critics are really angry at them for nominating stuff that they didn't like, and then the exact people who uh, the Academy, you know, hypothetically this na- this false narrative that basically they're trying to appease people and trying to get viewers and all this kind of stuff. Um, so therefore they nominated Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Panther. And then those people who should be happy that Black Panther got nominated are all like, no, it's not that good anyway. Well, you know, 
<laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I didn't. I well, I, I did see a couple of those. I saw a couple like uh, it's no Dark Knight. Like uh, the the fact that it's uh, Black Panther. You know, it's like and a lot of the positive response. Like even in the you know the podcast we both chose, they're like, oh, that's pretty cool superhero movie. First time. And I think that got a lot of uh, the dorks up, you know, got their backs up for some reason where they're like, this should have been the Dark Knight's like legacy, which I mean, the Dark Knight has a legacy, like (laughs) in the sense that there's a lot of money be made off those comic book characters. Like that's, you know, if there's and also the fact that uh, I guess it it brought in like an audience of people that would take it seriously. Like I, Hmm. I don't think as different stylistically as they are, I don't think like Avengers Infinity War exists without the Dark Knight. Like there's something to where it, it it made this palatable to people to watch a man in a cape that, and that's (laughs) that, that goes back to, there's no pleasing anybody. Like it's like, okay, so you have this success, which leads to more things. Presumably you like now you have black Panther being nominated and you want to go back and say, like, well, it's not exactly the best of what we have to offer, so it doesn't deserve that much praise. Like, well, none of these are exactly the best. Like, Black Klansman, that's, it's not the best Spike Lee has to offer, but you can still be yeah. happy. It's like, well, finally, he's nominated. Like, this should have happened a long time ago. Let's be happy that he's being acknowledged for his work. Yeah, and that's it. Like, and which then makes the discussion hard because it's like, you can, you know, hey, you've seen Roma, right? I know that you probably... No, I have not. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you what, as I scroll through this list, yet again, all this imagery from Roma, it just looks so fucking sad and miserable and depressing. And I'm like, what I need is I need Emma Stone to do her little monster impression. I need one shot from Roma where someone does something (laughs) silly and you can sell me on it. But I I guess I have to get around to it. I've also not seen The Wife either, but I'm... Kind of more Let's excited talk, to see uh, that. Yeah, well, the wife is really good. It was in my top fifty of the year. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So was Roma as well. The moment that you're looking for can't really be memeized or gift or whatever it is. Don't you need know, it can't worthless because, piece of art. <laughs> you <can't> well, <laughs> it's off. It's off this naked guy who uh, is doing uh, karate stuff. <laughs> And Yelitsi right. <laughs> Aparicio's character is sitting in bed watching him with a smile on her face. And it's like this really sweet moment where mm. this fucking moron is like, yeah, look how good I am doing karate stuff completely it's naked. It's a weird theme we've got here that like when I, I try to praise the lead performance in Black Klansman, you're like, yeah, his karate moves are great. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> So that's not in my notes. I was not prepared to counter that punch. I just thought it was really good. I'm just saying that, you know, Roma and Black Klansmen are front runners for best picture. In my opinion, they're front runners for best picture. They hit all the right spots. Best picture. They have an acting nomination. They're nominated for screenplay. They're nominated for uh, best director. But Black Klansman has the edge because it's nominated for editing and Roma isn't. But the core thing is they both have a scene of karate stuff in it. Okay. So, All right. Well, you know, I'll, I'll just kings to you then, I guess, on that one. You just <laughs> – you broke the code on the 2018 Look, Oscar season. <laughs> done and dusted. Shoot. Yeah, thanks. Uh, subscribe, listen. Uh, <laughs> <all that stuff. laughs> so what I find most interesting – and I, I we've gone negative, but like – in in this in this podcast, there was like even though there was grumbling about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book, and Vice, um, 
which I didn't care for because I'm, you know, I, I'm like, can we have a day? Can we just have a day where we're like, here are the films, um, here are the ones you should check out. But you have a moment in this show where they're talking, they're saying like, well, this is strange. Like, I think they were talking about costume design and they were just pointing out, um, and I mean, I don't, I can scroll down here, but it's no surprise that it's going to be a lot of period films. Um, yes, they're all period pieces, I guess, except for Black Panther, which is, you know, set in modern fantastical times of the Marvel universe. Um, and they were not complaining, cause, but they were just sort of pointing out like, hey, it's, it kind of sucks that for this particular uh, category, they just go for like big and different outfits mm. these nominees sort of show you that the uh, the academy when it comes to costumes they love period and they love exotic but they don't necessarily pay attention to people using contemporary costumes in a way that advances the story or or reveals the characters because as bibs pointed out they should have nominated a simple favor right yeah the clothes in that really tell that story yeah like the way both of their design choices begin to mirror each other and evolve as the film goes on. Yeah. is totally germane to who these characters are. Basically like we're going to nominate things that no one would ever wear today. Cause look at it. That's obviously a costume as opposed to nominating films where the wardrobe of the character actually helps tell the narrative. And they brought up one of my five favorite movies, which I had, no inclination to be like, well, that's going to be nominated for lots of things, which is a simple favor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's kind of cool that without saying this was snubbed, this is an outrage saying we didn't expect this to get nominated, but wouldn't it be nice if the category sort of moved in that direction? And so what I find when it's positive, more interesting after the Academy nominations is the nominations from, I guess the common folk or the, the commentary where it's like, there are more films than this. Like we don't oh, have yeah. to, we don't have to say like green book got nominated. That's a travesty. Why didn't they nominate this? You can just say, look, <laughs> we knew, we knew at this point, it's not a shock that green book and Bohemian Rhapsody were going to get nominated, but here were some other cool things. Like, I mean, Ethan Hawke is one that's, I think has been talked about for months for first reformed and mm. as expected it didn't happen but you even had a tweet which i i sort of as i'm prone to do i was a smart ass about like no please don't <laughs> where you're like hey you know this is an opportunity for you to just sort of like you don't have to stop talking about the movies you love that didn't get nominated it doesn't mean that those exactly. movies died you can still yeah. you know promote them to people I, now i was telling you please don't promote anything to me i don't need to hear anymore <laughs> and i think with your <laughs> emphasis on the karate action in black Klansman and roma I think I was vindicated in that initial thought. Like, no, please stop. You're turning me off these things. Yeah, well, naturally. Yeah. But but that's the thing is like the immediate reaction, the knee-jerk reaction is, well, you know, what is this? Why didn't this get nominated and all this kind of stuff? And I look at something like, um, you know, a film which uh, I made a joke about on Twitter and it seemed like everybody else did too. It was Never Look Away got nominated for Best Cinematography before the foreign language films got announced. And I was like, you know, currently everybody's Googling what mm -hmm. the fuck Never Look Away is. And sure enough, it sounds like a really interesting film because it's actually directed by a previous Oscar winner for um, The Lives of Others. Um, it looks interesting. It sounds fascinating and all this kind of stuff. And that to me is sometimes what the, the Oscars do is they manage to highlight certain films in 
some regards and you're just like, shit, I didn't know that film existed. Um, I'm going to go and seek it out because of this, like when Demi and Bashir got nominated for uh, A Better Life, I think it is, mm-hmm. the Paul Wheats film, yeah. which I remember like sitting there and going, what the fuck is this film? Like, where did this come from? And sure enough, I added on to my list to, to seek out. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, it's, you know. I swear, Andrew, you had, uh, like, that was such a great story. And then you're like, well, I still never watched it. What was that, seven, (laughs) eight years ago? Like, (laughs) because I'm nodding my head uh, along with you. And I'm like, I did too. I think I was getting Netflix DVDs at the time. And I added my I have a good reason. I watched it. I have a good reason. It was never released in Australia on physical media streaming whatsoever. Um, so I am still looking out for it. I am still keen for it simply because of the fact that it was nominated once. Um, Do you still have it in the queue somewhere where it's like, you know, release date still unannounced. Like, hang on, buddy. It's coming. We're still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send them an email again going, Hey, it's just me again, guys. How's that film going? So, yeah, I think that is, that is true. Like it's, I don't, what was the last like surprise nomination that got like a huge amount of like negative responses? Cause I, I also think that even if it's a film that people are lukewarm on, if it's something that the Academy deviates from the previous, you know, guild prizes, they get applauded. Even if it wasn't something people were like saying, this is like the best film or this is my top 10 People seem to like, I guess because they get bored of the drama, of the same things being nominated, that if they throw a curve in there, they're like, well, that was interesting. This shows they have, this academy of 6,000 people, it shows they have a personality. I like that, even if it's not truly something that they, like, value as one of the best of the year. I can't think of anything off the top of my head in recent years, um, because I, I, I think I think this comes back to something which I've mentioned in the the Golden Globes episode is that you know everybody wrings their hands about what's get what gets nominated and then they still put those films in their their top ten list of the year. That's why we and selected that episode for this podcast, it, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. It's a I keep on referring back to it. It's a really good episode. Um, <laughs> this one's a mess. But, uh, this one's all yeah, over the place. <laughs> it is. It's it's gone to shit. Um, but. <laughs> The thing is, you talk about the the Academy having a personality and, you know, you look at those eight films that got nominated for Best Picture and that to me strikes me as a personality. It strikes me as, you know, there are people who love Green Book for certain reasons. There's people who love Roma for certain reasons. There's people who love Bohemian Rhapsody because it's about Queen, all this kind of stuff. And that to me says, you know, here is a group of 6,000 people and X amount, you know, I think it takes – 300, 400 votes, uh, number one votes to kind of secure them into the first round and bump them into the the kind of best picture category. Um, and they have to, because of the preferential ballot, which is, you know, madness basically, um, they have to be a number one or number two vote to push them further. So, you know, it, it only takes three, 400 votes for a film to get nominated for best picture and, and that's really about it. Um which sounds small, but it's it's still you know it shows that you know four hundred people loved a film enough, and they're still not getting to ten either. Spot. I think that bothers me. Like, I, I don't care. See, I don't. I, don't... I, I I I'm old school. Like, I I was fine with the five, and then they said we're going to go to ten. I'm like, okay, you know, people make top ten lists. Let's see what the Academy's top ten is. This 
you know, the the fact that like, well, fuck, we couldn't find ten. We only found eight good movies this year. I'm like, shut up. Like, if, you, if you're there to push positive outlook of the Academy, is to get people to check out things. If you feel that your brand has any sort of value, limiting it. Like, is this like the is it the Blind Side that's accused of this? That's like, oh shit, if we go ten, something like the Blind Side will get in. Well, we, we're at eight, and Bohemian Rhapsody got in. So what the fuck? Okay. Like, it just. I feel like the two other films that like what what would you think would have been the two if they had if it if ten was the number the minimum and that's what we went with what what do you think the two that were on the bubble that would have got in? Can you ever forgive me in Cold War? And would that have been a, a bad thing? I mean, certainly for those films, that's a lot more eyeballs people checking those. Well, out. it certainly would have tampered some uh, hysteria regarding uh, no women. Uh, directors or films getting nominated for the two main prizes, um, which is justified, I think, because certainly in 2018 there were a lot of really great films that were, should have been, you know, women directors should have been in consideration and stuff like that. Um, and I, I want to uh, throw water on everybody who's like, oh, you were never really here, should have been nominated. I'm like, that film is not coming anywhere near the fucking Oscars. <laughs> I saw that. I, I saw because I saw the list. I think you're responsible for this, like retweeting and sharing a list of like oh here are all the movies um yeah and i saw that one another film that i was sort of i was lukewarm on i mean i i don't know if i want to say i enjoyed it uh but you know it's a a pulpy little thriller with a, certainly a lot of violence yeah. but yeah it would be like saying like why the fuck was drive not nominated this year what the hell's wrong with like that's not that's not gonna happen and that's not the intent of that film it's fine but but that's the thing as well is that it's you know, a lot of people misunderstand what the Academy Awards are actually for. The Academy Awards, and coming back to uh, Breakfast All Day, one of the things which Alonzo kind of alludes to is it's just another marketing tool to remind people of the films that they missed in 2018. And in turn, you know, a a bunch of the films that have been nominated, um, for example, At Eternity's Gate and uh, If Beale Street Can Talk, haven't been released in international markets as of yet. So you slap a Oscar nomination thing on it and suddenly people are like, well, that's something that's important, so therefore I have to go and see it. And and that's the thing is that, you know, people complain about – because Universal had both Green Book and First Man and people complain about Green Book getting nominated and First Man not getting nominated uh, to cause further outrage – I much prefer Green Book over the First Man. I thought that First Man was a snooze fest. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it, it appears that Universal also felt that way too because early on they were like, we're going to put some money behind First Man in an, an awards category, like consideration thing, and they realized that it wasn't going to get any heat at all. So well, they took the bombed. money away from their Tanked. Own, yeah, I mean, bombed. Coming out the yeah. weekend after Stars Born was a, end up being a huge misstep. In hindsight. Well, if only they put the fucking flag on the moon, you know? <laughs> I've had a couple of conversations with people like that, and I'm like, you know. No, I, I, I want to stress. I interrupt you. It's just a joke. I, I don't care about the flag. Uh, I'm Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you clarified for people that you're, you're not an American just doing an Australian accent for your, your podcast character. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I, you know, if people like dig First Man and that was like their favorite movie of the year, good on them. Like, you know, there's I, there there were elements of the movie I liked, um, but I remember watching it and thinking like, oh, this is dead in the water, <laughs> not gonna happen for this one. So yeah, that's an excellent point because there's only so much. Like, the, basically, the you know the these studios they ha- they're gonna pick a horse in their stable, 
and that's the one they're going to ride. And it is funny because I think of the last time we talked uh, about the award season, you know, you brought up like, hey, Green Book's not a runaway hit or anything. Like we're like, hey, this is not the blind side. This is this is actually just like these are <laughs> these are critics and like these award bodies that dig this movie. This is not the American. It's not going like Black Panther or Bohemian Rhapsody where it's like, yes, that is a massive success. Like a lot yeah. of people watch it. Green Book is still like strangely a critic starling and that's that's actually the first time i became aware of it was it tiff when it's like hey this this got a fantastic response which is funny because i'm wondering <laughs> i need to look up these people like how many of them walked that back or deleted that entry <laughs> <laughs> well yeah exactly and uh, i mean i don't know it's just I think that the people's expectations of what the Oscars are is is again it's misplaced. It, it really is, and because they want it to be a ceremony that is about the best that cinema had to offer that year. And if that was the case, then you know, go and look at the Cannes Film Festival, for example. That that kind of like that to me is the festival that people expect the Oscars to be, and you know, the, the highbrow arty kind of stuff, which a lot of people love, you know, Shoplifters is a great film and, and well deserves the, the awards that it got at the Cannes Film Festival. But it's like, that seems to be what film Twitter wants mm. out of the Oscars. And that is clearly not what the Oscars are there to cater for. And of course, you know, there's the whole discussion about um, Oscars so white and all this kind of stuff. And then of course, the, the ramping up of diversity in the actual Academy itself, which you can see in some of the nominations that that's happening, like with Paul Palakowski getting nominated for Best Director for Cold War, and which is, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of that film, but fine, that's good. But there's that's the only reason that that film got in was the, the increased diversity and the increased uh, group of European directors that are in the directors branch of the Academy. And it's which I just want to jump in. Yeah. I've not seen it either. Mm. Logically, makes no fucking sense. Like you, <laughs> we, we've opened up best pictures, the nominees to be more than five. And there always used to be the, like, there was going to be one miss for whatever reason, like five films. And then only four of those directors got in with their film. And then there's one outlier. Now we've got eight best picture nominees and we still, <laughs> we still have one oddball director in there. All right. All right whatever. Fine. Which is, which is the first time that's happened since Bennett Miller was nominated for Foxcatcher. Which is really um, strange. That's a really strange yeah. nomination. But. Yeah, like I, I like that film a lot. I think it's a great film, but I also didn't think that it was the sort of film that was going to get nominated for awards, mm -hmm. uh, like a lot of awards. Um, so, you know, uh, it's fine, but yeah, I just is head scratching. But then again, you know, you look back at David Lynch getting nominated for my hole and drive, which is where you say, you know, there was the five nominations for best picture back then. And then David Lynch appears and is like, Hey guys, uh, I made this really fucking weird film. Um, can you watch it? And, you know, hopefully people that year at least watched Mulholland drive because they're like, I don't know what the heck this film is. And to me, that's what, you know, for, for film Luddites out there, um, that's what the Academy Awards is. It's the, you know, here's a handful of films. And I think there's like 48, 49 films in total, including shorts uh, that were nominated this year. So there's a lot of, you know, difference and diversity there, but it's their task then for the following year to be like, all right, I'm going to track down these films because 6,000 people said it's good. Whereas everybody with their fingers in the pie 
you know, in the film Twitter pie is like, well, I've already seen these films. Give me something new. So it yeah. doesn't matter for us. And there's, and, there's, uh, well, and there's also there's the jealousy and there's some sort of, <laughs> there's some sort of rage at the universe. Uh, my reading, because I, uh, that's what I liked about Sam Elliott. I, I feel him. I feel his pain. I get it. That why, why is my opinion not? more valid or more credible than these fucking assholes. And that's what I, that's, I, I would prefer if these podcasts I follow <laughs> like film bloggers <laughs> just came out and said that, like, cause I'd be like, Oh, that's a worth a click. Brutal honesty. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm better than you. They don't say it, but there's, there's like this pained expression that's like, we can do better. If only they let me have the keys to the car, I could handle this. And you couldn't. You couldn't, because there would be there would inevitably be assholes if you if for whatever reason if Mark S played <laughs> if the academy <laughs> says fuck it uh, enough of this bitching and moaning <laughs> Mike Andrew maybe Hiro we need to get the you know even more of an international body out there so we got Australia now Germany and then Mike in Kentucky dancing naked with all the witches you guys come up with. <laughs> I'm a pro at this, Andrew. I've got to bring this whole narrative together. <laughs> like all of this nonsense. You guys tell us what were the, you know, five to ten best movies this year. Our inbox will be flooded, calling us stupid dipshits for not including this or that. There's no one is going to be happy. And I I guess it is the fact that there was so much hope that Bohemian Rhapsody which <laughs> <laughs> Look, <laughs> when it came out did not look like an Oscar movie. I I have to admit this one this one has continued to catch me off guard by surprise. I've not seen the fucking thing. I have to admit that I'm like if you'd asked me to put money on this, I'd be like, well, no, that's not gonna get a best picture nomination. Like you know, get some music awards. I don't know costumes, whatever. Um, that surprises me. But why does it? Like, and I I I fear I fear this is a conversation that will never end. Which maybe it's good if people like listen to us or podcasters and they find even more things that they want to see. If that's if that's the outlook, that this award season is just to get people to check out things they wouldn't normally check out. Fine, but you know, at one point, this this body of people they were the new revolution in the late sixties and they were going to turn the movie industry upside down. These were young, scary liberals <laughs> who get very comfortable <laughs> and they fucking like green book. They like the queen movie. Like <laughs> they were radicals <laughs> and just to wind down my long speech. If we follow all of you fuckers on Twitter long enough, <laughs> you're going to become fucking old. And you know what? It's not going <laughs> to, it's going to look weird for you to constantly be chasing what 16, 17, 20 year olds, college students think are, these are the, these are the, the body of works that represent my life. And if you're still trying to hang with them, th there's a natural aging process here. That's why we die off. Cause we, we just can't have you. We can't have you trying to be hip forever. And I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know why there's an expectation that the Academy all of a sudden is going to be a bunch of college students nominating these films. I guess because they they clearly and I still I think that you know my prediction for best picture is Black Klansman. It just feels like it's the film, it's the unkickable puppy kind of thing. You know, you can kick all the other puppies, <laughs> and that one you can't kick. And I just I don't know. I think that that one will prevail and will win best picture because you can find reasons why the others won't. Um, 
but it feels to me like over the past few years, at least with this new academy that, you know, they've rewarded Spotlight, um, Moonlight, uh, The Shape of Water. These kinds of films, are they feel very forward thinking. They feel very progressive and talking about things that are going on in the world today and all this kind of stuff. Even The Shape of Water, which, you know, on surface is just this love story between a woman and a fish man. But there's a whole bunch of, you know, social politics in the actual meat of that particular film. And same with Moonlight, where there's no fucking white people in that film, which is great. You know, it's beautiful to see a film that no white people are in. Um and that's why I think the Black Klansman won, because they still want to give that sheen, that appearance that uh, we are progressive. We are, you know, listening to you people out in the world, the plebs out there who um, want us to be left leaning and stuff like that, because, you know, God damn it, we can't take another hit. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is, you know, someone eventually has to say, uh, okay. What exactly are we voting on here? Like, are you are you voting on things you want me to actually watch, or how far removed do you want to be from people that use this as a governing body of basically like a Netflix recommends? Like, hey, check this out. Because if 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 that becomes like I've always thought that you know the conservatives, the, the right over here. They're just fucking out of their minds as far as like, ah, oh, the damn Hollywood liberals, because a lot of the content that Hollywood produces, I don't see it as extremely liberal. I see it as very like pro-military, pro-violence, pro like, oh, yeah. beat the show. I'm like, what movies How are you watching? I see it as well. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I watch American films. I'm like, fuck, that yeah. country, shit. <laughs> so I've always sort of been curious about that. I'm like, I don't know, we're a pretty violent nation and our entertainment sort of reflects that and might makes right all of that, you know great american values there so but when it comes to award season i could see it where i'm like yeah this is this is pretty much like <laughs> what the the democratic party is nominating like they can't win any fucking elections that matter like our country's going down the drain but by god they can make sure this movie <laughs> they can recommend this to me and i have to take that as a win i don't take it as a win i i want i want these people to govern me and hope you know. I want them to hopefully allow me to live longer. <laughs> I want. I'm hoping for a wage increase. I don't Hang want on, them. To... Is this the academy that's doing it or the Democratic Party? Like, I, see, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I don't take this like, I I I have always been, like my views and I you know I think my my parents for this. I've always uh, had a progressive spirit and always always leaned that way as far as I'm voting, usually based on social politics, as far as I, I don't want the government to uh, tell people who they can and can't marry, uh, if they can have children, if they can have health insurance, uh, all of that. <laughs> However, I take no joy in, <laughs> in my politics getting a win when it comes to fucking movies, like <laughs> that we have to settle the Democratic Party for being the video store clerk, being like, hey... We got that best picture nomination. That's all on me. I did that. No, I don't <laughs> get out of that. <laughs> you know, go win some Senate seats. Go become a congressman. That's what I'm gonna applaud. I don't give a shit about this. It does nothing for me. Trump is still president. Like this is not this is not a win and don't take it as such. It's just movies so, you like. So if or when Spike Lee wins an Oscar and gets up there and mentions Agent Orange because you know that's bound to happen. Uh, it will be empty. It will mean nothing. Um, 
entirely nothing, even though it would be nice to see him win. Uh, it will be an empty award, uh, really, which I think is what the Academy Awards have kind of turned into because, they've, they're, you know, I think I me- I've talked about this. I'm sure I've mentioned on the podcast before, but, you know, about how the ABC has turned this into, like, is this a – is it an award ceremony for film or is it an entertainment piece? And it's clear they have no fucking idea what they're doing because there's no host this year at all. Um, so it's not an entertainment show. But then, you know, they go and nominate films which people don't like, and so therefore it's not really even a show that's about rewarding the best of the industry from that year. So it's just – Eight films in a circle jerk. Somebody <laughs> gets messy. Josh Nolan, local singer songwriter, <laughs> playing our outro music. <laughs> I'm sure he loves that. I'm sure he gets some iTunes hits. <laughs> Go check out his album, Fair City Lights. And, uh,. Thank you, Andrew, for another <laughs> enlightening <laughs> ending to our show. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to get an email from him one day going, I finally listened to that show, you, you guys, and I'm really not keen on this anymore. <laughs> I, um, see, about a year and a, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I, I ran to him at a, uh, funeral visitation and uh i thanked him again in, in person for allowing us to, to use his song and he was like yeah, i've gotten some weird like uh <laughs> hits and i guess comments on his like various you know online presence from like he's like i know i've never like played there like he's a you know he's a guy who travels around mostly like the sort of the, the southern states uh kentucky and the, out in the west southwest um and he's like what what the hell is this how's this person in this other country like even know like even know me and i'm like marcus played baby like we're international that's <laughs> you can thank us for that taking full credit having no fucking idea <laughs> at all <laughs> But he was just, I mean, just, oh, cool, right on, awesome. And that was it. Oh, when we run out of words, you just try.